Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means the podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Well, I said on last week's show that this was a make or break weekend for the Capitals. And uh, just like the season has gone for this team, they won one and they lost one. So (laughs) pretty much the way it's been all season. Joining me as always to talk all about it, my buddy, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm all right. I'm... uh... I'm inside, but I'm still cold, considering this like bitter cold spell we got going on here. How are you doing up there uh, in in Baltimore? How much how much snow did you get? Uh, I I believe we got uh, about three inches. It definitely looks like more though. I guess with just the way the wind kind of blows. But I will tell you, I drove home uh, from Ocean City on uh, on Monday as the snow was was starting, and uh, once I got over the Bay Bridge. Uh, Anne Arundel County didn't look good. I saw a pickup truck, a blue pickup truck in a tree on the side of the road. So that was something I was not expecting to see that day. Like, like it looks like, like elevated. Yes. Like it he... looks like he was on the highway, lost control. And instead of like, I guess he was going so fast. He didn't go down in the ditch, like where the ditch was. He got airborne and then got stuck in a tree in between like two, two trunks of the tree a rocket on the back of his truck like how did i'm confused as to how he defied gravity i i, I don't know i think the tree. He, he just he was going so fast he just kind of like went airborne got into the tree and then got stuck in between you know a couple of branches holding the truck there it was on its side so i saw the roof of the uh the cab and then i saw the back of the pickup truck on its side in a tree it was it was quite the that sight to see yeah it was quite the sight to see but 
Maryland drivers are not used to the snow. They're not used to any kind of weather whatsoever. They suck in all of it. But added oh, snow, calm down. they're pretty bad. Uh, but we haven't seen snow in like two, three years. So it's it's been a little while. So I'll give them credit for that. But hey, we had some Caps hockey we got to talk about. They've been very busy since we talked last. Um, th- there was a big game uh, over the weekend. It was a it was a home and home against the Rangers, and even though the Caps lost on Sunday, they still won on Saturday. But I have to say that home and home, I, I want to say that was the best the Caps have looked all season. Those two games. Uh, you know, I, the the win over the Rangers at home on Saturday, I thought they looked really good. Uh, at the end of the game. You know, first period, I thought they were okay. Second, they were okay. Third period looked really good. The game in New York, I think they were kind of hit or miss. And they basically was like a, a perfect representation of this Caps team this season, where they've just been kind of hit or miss. I thought the game against Anaheim might be one of the better games they've played this season. Given Anaheim is not a very good team, but they were kind of able to get that shutout for Kemper and gave themselves a great opportunity to win that game. But it's still, it's goal scoring that is consistently a problem with this team. I mean, they got three against the Rangers, which is, you know, almost feels like an anomaly that they get that many goals. And so, you know, it's just, it's another, it's a continual, not another, but it's just, it's a continual issue with this team. If there's like one thing that is can plague this team throughout the season, it's their lack of goal scoring and more specifically five on five. Yeah, that, that has definitely been an issue. Although we have seen Ethan Bear get his first uh, goal, first goal in a year for him, first one as a capital this season, and it's been a short season for him. Uh, we saw over the weekend Anthony Mantha continue his trend of being a goal scorer. Uh, so, yes, it, it, it the lack of goal scoring has definitely been an issue. Uh, and you said this season it's definitely been an issue. We are officially halfway through the season for the Washington. We Cavs. did it. We made it halfway through. We survived <laughs> the first 42 games of like watching this fugly team try and do what they've been doing. And it's funny. Cause I forget who put this on Twitter today, but um, the caps and penguins have identical records, 42 games played 21 wins, 15 losses, six uh, overtime losses. Both obviously have 48 points. The capitals have a negative 24 goal differential the penguins are a plus 16 it's just like it just you look at it and you go if they could score more goals and clearly have one more games although a number of these games that got blown out so maybe not like where would this team be at if they could get more five and five goal scoring and i honestly i have no idea it baffles me as to why they're struggling so much maybe they just have you know guys that just aren't meant to be on the same line together they seem to be figuring out that a little bit in terms of finding lines that are working we know the fourth line with Mallinson, Dowd, Albe, Kubel has clicked since all three of them have been able to play together. We've seen that Mantha and McMichael have really clicked, especially with Alexi Protus, and they've really clicked in playing well together. And then now we might be seeing a new one in the Pacioretty, Strom, Oshi line. And they've been doing really well together, which leaves, I would imagine, the last line, or I guess first line in this case, would be Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, who statistically are not the best together, at least defensively, but Ovechkin, and Kuznetsov, and Top Line Tom being together. You know, these aren't the worst lines. The problem you run into is that they're not the healthiest lines. 
in terms of players being able to play every night. Oshie's in and out of the lineup, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, that stops happening. Pacioretty's coming back from two pretty serious injuries, and hopefully he can stay healthy because he's been a great addition to this team so far. Dylan Strom's lightened it up, so you think him with those guys is, you know, they're going to do well. Ovechkin's been out for the last three games. We'll see if he plays on Thursday. He had full practice today on Wednesday, so Carberry came out and said, you know, we're not so sure about Thursday. We'll see what happens. Saturday, we, he's pretty confident he'll play. And then that fourth line is doing well, but they need to produce. Like, being able to move the puck and have possession in the other team's side of the ice is great, but you got to be able to put the puck in the net and do it five on five. And hopefully this is a turning point for them now that they're getting at least all these forwards back healthy. Knock on wood. Yeah, Max Pacioretty seems like the special sauce here. It, he really does, because, I mean, just last week we were talking about him being on a line with Stroman Ovechkin and how that was really doing some magic on the ice. Now Pacioretty, Strom, and Oshie are together, and they're doing really well. So Max Pacioretty, I I, I don't know. He, he seems like it doesn't matter who plays with him. He's going to give you results no matter what. I mean, the thing... I feel like Patchetti is almost an example of like they finally have the team that Carberry likely was looking at in the summer and going this is what I want to have. And maybe not the line specifically, but like this is the team I want, at least forwards, right? Milano's out. I'm not quite sure whose spot he takes when he comes back into the lineup. I mean, I would like, think who's Milano Lapierre bumping would get sent out? down. Well, Lapierre's probably already going down. He definitely goes down I think when Milano comes back cuz they need the roster spot. Right. So the question is, like, who's if he's going to play, whose spot is Milano taking? Oh, he's not going to play on the first line. Not to say he couldn't, just saying he's not replacing Ovechkin. He plays on the wings. So he's not replacing Ovechkin or Wilson. He's not replacing Pacioretty or Oshie. He's not re- is he going to replace Mantha or Protus? I don't think so. Is he going to replace Malenstein or Abe Kubel? So they have an interesting sort of – a good problem to have – but an interesting problem to have. But the reality is if they don't start producing five on five, someone's going up in the press box that isn't scoring goals. So I'm curious to see what this lineup looks like once everyone's, if everyone can be healthy, but it could be Milano up in the press box. Like maybe he's the 13th forward at this point. You know, he wasn't having the best season in terms uh, statistically anyway. So I'm curious to see what happens when he comes back. But the nice thing is, Having a guy like Milano or whomever it is up in the press box gives you an opportunity to rest guys. So Oshie doesn't have to play every night. Patch already can get rested. Some of these guys can be rested and there can be some rotation, which keeps guys fresher and healthier. And when you have an older team like this, it's good to be able to give them some extra time off, especially when you're having more back-to-backs or, you know, three or four games in a week, you give an opportunity for a guy to, to not have to play every night and get a chance to rest. So Hopefully these guys start coming back. Milano still has a non-contact jersey at practice. You know, he needs to get that contact jersey and get a, probably a practice to two in before he has the opportunity to come back and play a full practice, I should say. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, we, right now the big thing also is getting Ovechkin back and then finding a way to get him scoring goals. Because I think he's on pace for what, like 16 this season? Yeah. It's going to take him a while to catch Gretzky at that rate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also, it's going to be kind of telling this week with Milano. If you look at the schedule coming up, they have one home game in the next two weeks uh, through the end of the month. Uh, I think that takes you to the All-Star break, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but if Milano doesn't travel with with the team, that means 
you know, he's not going to see the ice until at least February. See, but I feel like that would be the case either way. Like, if he's not skating with a contact jersey at this point, and I don't know if he would do it before they before they head on the road to St. Louis on Saturday, my guess is he doesn't get in probably until they have a practice on the 25th or the 26th. So I don't know. I don't think he plays even if he's healthy enough until until February. That would be my guess. And that's not until February 6th. Like, that is that is a long stretch of time to not be skating. So this will be. I would imagine a number of these guys. You know, he can be practicing, sticking around in the DC area. I mean, it's a nice opportunity for some players to be able to get like a, a quick vacation in with the family, over the All Star break. But a number of guys that are making their way back. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Sandine, given he's also in a non contact jersey, if he's making his way back, uh, and they stick around in the area during the All Star break, to have a chance to to get healthy. Well, I mean, with with this aging core that we have, that's that's the biggest thing for success here is that you want everybody to be healthy. It was TJ Oshie's return to the lineup uh, since we talked last. He went to uh, Minnesota for treatment for something. We're not really sure what, uh, but he comes back onto the ice. And I want to say since we talked last, he had one of the best games of uh, of the season so far. So hopefully he can keep that track record up uh, and, and not get hurt again. But he's a guy that is better you know the team is better when he is on the ice he uh he he excites his teammates and it also is great hockey to watch but you can tell he loves being on the ice so as much as we kind of say like oh he's old he can't do this he can't do that it's obvious this team is better with with oshi available on the ice and doing his thing there it's just can he stay healthy that's the big question mark I like how we call him old when I'm pretty confident both of us are actually older than he is. Uh, I, I, it's 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 hard to to comprehend. By that. much, mind you. I mean, I'm by two years. In he's a 30, of months. He's 37. I, I'm a year older yeah. than he is. He just turned 37, so I'm two years two years and a couple of months older than he is. Yeah. Not the point. No, I mean, I think a guy like Oshi, obviously, he brings a lot to this team, not just on the ice, but in the locker room. I mean, I think he's one of the obviously he's one of the leaders of this team. Uh, Tim, this team. Between Oshie and Ovechkin and Backstrom when he was there and and John Carlson and Tom Wilson. Like, these are the leaders. Kuznetsov, to an extent. Like, I don't know how much he's sort of a, 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 you know, raw. Not that Ovechkin really is either. But these are leaders on this team. And when you don't have a guy around you when you're, you know, even on practices or in the locker room before a game, it, it, it changes the mentality going into the game. And I'm not saying that's the reason they haven't been doing well. I think the reality of this team is they're kind of in a weird transition of you have a number of the older guys that are kind of playing out their rest of the, Oh, oh I got a mad guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Finish, he was like, finish, no, I jump in. Yeah. Fin finish your thought. Finish your thought. Well, I was just saying like, they're kind of in a transition where like you have older guys like Ovechkin, Oshi, Carlson's not quite there yet, but you have some of these older backstrom who's already looks like he's transitioning to retirement. You have these guys that are kind of moving out at the end of their careers. And you have a couple of young guys that are, still learning and growing McMichael, Sandine, Favari, they're still growing into their prime. And you have a, you know, you have one or two guys that are kind of in their prime, maybe a little more than that. Carlson's kind of nearing the end of his prime, maybe that they're not quite there yet. And then you have to have some guys like Kuznetsov who are underperforming. And that is a recipe for um, an okay team. You know, they might make the playoffs. They might not. The problem is, 
they either need to be good and make the playoffs and go on a run or be not very good and get a good draft pick. Because when you're picking 15th, 16th in the draft, like, yeah, you might get a good player or you might get someone that never makes it. You know, there's less guarantee the for obviously the further you get into the draft. So we'll see what happens in regards to the future, but we're still looking at this team. You know, we know that they want to go out and acquire a top six forward. I don't know where they're taking and you know, whose spot they're taking, but I guess it also depends on what's going the other way. But, you know, I don't think this team is necessarily, I don't think this is necessarily the same team that we're going to see after the trade deadline. I'm very curious to see what happens there and see how this team moves forward. If they're sellers, like if they suddenly start to not do very well in their sellers, I don't feel like they have a ton of chips they're going to get rid of or want to get rid of. Like I could see a guy like Oshi being on his way out if he was in the last year of his deal. But if you're another team, are you going to bring in Oshi? You know, doubt I think is the big trade ship that they have. Maybe Joel Edmonston or Nick Jensen. Maybe. I don't think Kemper is necessarily just because of his contract. So I'm not really sure how this team is going to look after the deadline. I do think it's going to look a little different. I'll be curious to see how much. All right. So, so what I wanted to say earlier was, you know, this team is, I think, what did you say? This team just isn't very good or as good as they're going to get that type of thing. I was listening to the caps this morning, this morning, and uh, they brought up, this is the halfway point of the season. And, are our expectations too high for this season? You have a first-time NHL head coach in Spencer Carberry uh, taking the reins of this team. You've got an aging core. You've got a lot of young players who are coming off the Calder Cup win in the AHL. They're, they want to make the jump to the NHL. Like, should are, are the expectations for this team to make the playoffs? Is that too high of an expectation for a first-time head coach and Calder Cup champion players and an older team. Is that too much to expect from them? Like, should we expect, oh, you know, this guy's going to come in, he's a rookie head coach, he's going to win the Stanley Cup now? Or is this really like a, not a rebuild year, but is this like a figure-things-out year? Like, I I, I heard the John Walton, and uh, I can't remember who he was talking to. It might have been uh, Tarek El-Bashir. I can't remember. I, I'm sorry if I'm I'm misquoting, but how dare you, sir? Yeah, I, John Walton was. He brought up a really good point. He's like, are you know, are we expecting too much from this guy this early? I was like, you know what? That's true. Like, this is his this is his first season. Yeah, he's coached at the AHL. He's been at the NHL as an assistant. He's he's coached in the ECHL. But to to be given the reins and the keys to the castle first year round, and you're, that we're like, hey, you're not good enough. You're not doing well. Ovechkin should be closer to Gretzky already. And he's like, guys, I just got here. Like, the, he's coached 42 games, 41 games, whatever the halfway point is in the NHL. Like, should the fact that we're even talking about them making the playoffs, I mean, you should. It's it's pretty great that the guys only co coach that many games and we're talking about playoffs already. I mean, I don't know. I, I, he kind of made me think. I was like, "Huh, are we expecting too much from this guy?" Um. Let's see. I yes and no. Like I yes, we're. I don't think we're expecting too much from him per se. I think we. If anyone's like looking at the team, going, they should make the playoffs. I think. I think that's a fair expectation when you have generational talent a generational talent like Ovechkin, when you have a guy like John Carlson, when you have so solid, if not good goaltending and you have, 
really good players or allegedly good players, in, at least on paper, in Oshi Kuznetsov, Wilson, Strom. You have Pacioretty now. I think the reality is we have a team that's in a transition. And it's not a it's not a rebuild. It's not really it's kind of a retool, but it's just it's gonna be a longer transition, partially because of Ovechkin. I feel like if he wasn't on the roster, like let's say Ovechkin already had the record or was never a part of this team or whatever, right? I feel like they're more likely to have made bigger changes last summer or even the summer before that. Right? Like if he had already retired, I feel like this team would be looking a little different than they do right now. I don't think it's unfair to expect a first year head coach to make the playoffs or be able to make a playoff run. I think that depends on the roster they have. If Carberry comes in and he's got these guys in their primes, you know, Vetchkin's 29, Backstrom's 28, Wilson at that point would be like nine or whatever it is. Like, yes, I, I fully th think it is fair to have higher expectations. I think with the roster as it is now, and I think that's why we're not really hearing any talk about Carberry's job being on the line, is because the expectations are, they're an okay side. Let's see what he can do with this. I think the concerns are they're not scoring five on five goals. Earlier in the season, the defense was a bit of a mess. Now, to be fair, they've had a fair amount of injuries, but so do a lot of NHL teams. I'd be curious to see how many games they've lost due to players being out and how that compares with other teams in the league. But I think overall, going into the season, the reason that they were really low on a lot of you know people in the know, the, the NHL prognosticators if you will i think a lot of that they were low down on their sort of expectations is because we just didn't know what to expect from this team with a first year head coach with a lot of interesting pieces coming in with a lot without a lot of things to look at and go yeah i can see the history here of why they'd be good or why they're going to be bad so is it fair for carberry himself to have the expectations of making a playoff run probably not but i think it's a fair expectation is he have them be able to score goals to be able to score on the power play, considering how well he did in Toronto and for them to not have a negative goal differential of minus 24. When you have these guys, they have shown they can score goals in this league. So why aren't they doing it for him? Hmm. That's the, I have questions. I'm not saying get rid of Carberry. <laughs> You've been given 40 but, games. Get out. Get, no. Cause here's the reality. If we had, a, if we had these guys in their prime, Right. If this was six years ago, I think the conversation is, is Carberry the right guy? But that's not the reality of what this team is right now. This, this is a team in a transition. He's got you have your guys. I, I, I go back to thinking about and it's not a great comparison, but like the Red Wings, when like Zetterberg, Dotsuk, like those guys were on their way out. Right. You have a bunch of older guys that aren't necessarily they're not at the level they used to be. And you have a bunch of young guys coming up. So the expectation is, can Carberry take this team forward over the next couple of years and transition them from an older core to a younger core to a team that's going to build something. And obviously the trades and free agency will make a big difference in terms of how they do and the draft and players coming up and their development. And I think that's why we're not hearing a lot of issues or, or conversations about Carberry's job is because we just don't know what to expect from this team. I expect them to be better than they have been playing at times. I think this is a hardworking team, but I think this is a team that clearly has a deficiency in the fact that they don't score goals. They have scored the least amount of goals in the division by far. They've scored 101 goals this season. The next worst team in terms of goal scoring is the Penguins by one at 129 goals. 
So they scored 28 less goals than the Penguins. Now, they've only given up 125, which is pretty good for their division. That's right in the middle of the pack. They're fourth best. Let's look league-wise in terms of goals forward. It's forward. Scored. They are third from last at 101. Only Chicago has scored less by two, mind you. And San Jose, who have only scored 89. But San Jose is a mess. That is a rebuilding team. Chicago is a rebuilding team. The Capitals are not necessarily. So why are they not scoring goals? That's my question. That's the thing that I think Harvey needs to figure out. How to get them scoring goals five on five and how to unlock Ovechkin and get him back to the player he once was. And maybe he's just been dealing with an injury. Everyone seems to think it was like the the, the contact with Jordan Stahl that was the issue, but it sounds like it was before that. So, you know, we'll see what happens there, but they need to start scoring some goals. That's my concern. That's the thing that I feel like could cost Carberry's opportunity here is if they continue to struggle five on five. That's a good point. Well, one thing uh, that we uh, don't really have a struggle with right now is is goaltending. I think the biggest struggle is to figure out who actually is the number one. Uh, Charlie Lindgren got back-to-back starts over the weekend, both against the Rangers, one win, one loss. And I said after that win on Saturday, hey, Charlie Lindgren, he's obviously our number one goaltender. I, I put that out on X. And then on Tuesday against Anaheim, Darcy Kemper gets a shutout. And he looked fantastic in net and kind of saved this team a little bit against Anaheim. So is Charlie Lindgren the number one when Darcy Kemper's doing something like that? Uh, I feel like we're in a, a Samsonov VTech type of deal again with a 1A, 1B type of scenario. But uh, good problems to have. We've said it all season. But, Coach, I mean, after these these last four games, I thought Charlie Lindgren made a statement and Darcy made a statement right after. And this is the, like the 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 polar opposite of Vitek and Samsonov, where both of those g- and guys are good <laughs> yeah, or doing well. well. Yeah. Doing well. Samsonov doing got well. sent down in Toronto. I guess he came back up recently. Right. But like those two guys, it was like, all right, who's going to grab the brass ring? And both of them were like, nah, we don't really want the brass ring. Now you've got Lindgren and Darcy here both going, no, no, that, that brass ring is mine. I'll take it. I, you know, I think Kemper has been good. I think it's fair to say. I think there's there's sort of the mentality, and it, I usually use football as a comparison, especially in the DC area. There's always a mentality that when you guys have a football, you have team? a high, you have a no. That's definitely been the reality from throughout Dan Snyder's era, except for the <laughs> one year the RG three was good. The well, sort of good. His his rookie year, dude, was amazing. Well, for half until, of it, then, then Haloti not took the, him out. No, it was the dirt at FedEx Field that they painted green because there's <laughs> anyways. Let's not get into this. Anyways, <laughs> the point I the point I'm trying to make is like there's always been the thought of like if if the the main guy's not as good as the expectations are, whether they be accurate or not, they're always like, well, the backup's so great. Like that's not always necessarily the case. So like Kemper comes in, he's supposed to be like the next best thing. Keep in mind, we've had a we had a very good goalie in Brayden Holpe for a long time. That you know his play dropped off, and so he's had to move on, and things happen. And we brought in Kemper, and he's supposed to be amazing, right? He had a great year with a very good Colorado team, and he's been good, right? Like I don't have a lot to complain about when it comes to Darcy Kemper. The reality is Charlie Lindgren has just been, at least this season, for whatever reason, he's been better in his play. The guys 
I think they like obviously both of these guys. I don't think that's a problem. But they play. It seems to be they just they play better when at Lindgren's in net for whatever reason. And then, uh, it's not me saying that. Like that's what we've heard from. I think uh, uh, Craig Lachlan on on Caps this morning from John Walton from other dudes who have talked about how the team just seems to play better under or not under, but like in front of Lindgren. My concern is like, okay, we're going to go in the off season. And there's going to be a lot of talk on Twitter. Not necessarily me. That does obviously doesn't make anything reality, but there's gonna be a lot of talk on Twitter about, well, we need to trade Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren should be the number one. My concern with that is there's no historical context. There's no data to show that he could be the number one in the NHL. What if I'm not saying this is the case. What if this is a fluke season? And we go into next season with Lingard and Shepard. And I don't think Shepard's a number one. I think he could be a good backup. Sure. You know, he could steal you a game here and there. And that's fine if you have a one and a two. Because the two's not playing very often. But what if now Lingard is a fluke year? And I'm not saying it is. I'd love for it to not be because it frees up more cap space. I don't love his mustache. You don't love his mustache? Yeah, I'm not a big mustache guy. Because you can't grow I think one, it's, is that it? No, it's I literally have facial hair. But my <laughs> No, I think I, it's if it, I, I shave it, my beard, my, my mustache disappears. Like I literally don't know what it that's is. That's not but if, how is it because you're goes, shaving the beard? I mean, no, no, the, like my, I swear, no. I've done Movember before and where I've just had the mustache and without the beard, I guess this is like blonde or whatever. I'm like, well, this I doesn't look like I have anything. That's not how it works, but okay. <laughs> Uh, like it just it disappears. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think, I think it's because it goes too far down. No, I think the issue for me is the uncertainty of knowing what you really have in lingering because there's no historical data to show that he could be consistent. So I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong in the sense that he could go in and be the number one guy, but is the team confident enough in that to make a move to move out Kemper? Can you find a taker knowing that, Kemper has three more years left on a deal at 5.25 million. Do you even want to do that? Do you stick with what you've got? Cause you have another year of Charlie Lindgren at 1.1 before you have to pay him. But let's also keep in mind that either one of these guys are young in the sports world. Lindgren just turned 30 back in December and Kemper turns 34 at the end of the season. Neither one of these guys is the future. You know, when this team, barring anything crazy happening, when this team is next competing and being a really good team, they're neither one of them are probably on the roster. Not as a starter, anyways. So I, I look at it and I go, you know, they're going to have plenty of cap space next season. We'll see what happens in the summer in terms of moves. But, you know, I think right now this is a good problem to have. I think they really like Lindgren. I think if they decide to move on from Kemper and move him in the offseason or at the deadline or whatever the case, and I don't think that's going to happen at the deadline just because of his contract. But if that, something like that happens, it's a risk. It's a high risk, high reward type situation because he's so cheap. I don't think either guy is going anywhere. I just, no, you I know, don't it, it's, it's kind of, it's crazy that uh, there isn't a, a, like they were brought in, like Kemper and Lindgren were brought in together and going, all right, here's our number one. Here's our number two. Like it was with it was uh Holpe and Grubauer. You know, it was the same thing. Here's our number one. Here's our number two. But both guys, especially like this past week, have out outshined the other. You know, Lingren's been like, hey, I'm I'm playing lights out, I'm getting back to backs. And Darcy's like, Well, that's cool. I'll go get a shutout. Like there's <laughs> for you. 
<laughs> I, I guess there's nothing wrong with healthy competition. Like, go back to the, the cup year and having uh, Grubauer start the Stanley Cup playoffs and Holpe sitting on the bench was the number it's two. A good and then point. they switched. You know, it's it's you having good goaltending is a is is a necessity in this league. And we've got two, potentially three really good goaltenders that uh, can play either night. So it's uh, it's kind of wild. It's great. It's good stuff to have. And I mean, if there's anything that you can't really question with this team right now, you know, goaltending or goal scoring is an issue. Goaltending is not. They're not even the goalies are looking at as the future of this team. I mean, they have a kid in the minors right now, Clay Stevenson, who's 24. He turns 25 at the beginning of March, who currently has a GAA of 1.74 down with the Bears. Save percentage of which the 1.74 leads the AHL. His save percentage leads the AHL at 0.935. He's likely the guy that they're going to want to see what they got to see if he's ready to play in the NHL. Not necessarily this season, but I would not be shocked if there was an opportunity for him to come up and make this team, at least, you know, going into the training camp next September. If he gets a real look to see what they've got from him. Well, anything else we should cover here in Caps World? Uh, no, I think, well, I mean, I, we put a couple of things in the notes, but it's just kind of chatter. I mean, I talked about, I put in the thing about Trevor Zegers out in Anaheim. There's some rumors that he's on the trade block as a potential guy to move out for the ducks to bring in some more, um, I was gonna say resources, but uh, players and picks as they continue their rebuild. He was a guy that was incredibly electric at the beginning of his career. He's only 22 when he came into Anaheim and he's been struggling a little bit, especially defensively. So I'm not sure that's a great move for the caps, but as a center, that'd be real interesting in terms of the, you know, going forward. If you decide to move on from Kuznetsov from whoever, and I'm not saying it's a, you know, a like for like, they just trade Zegers for Kuznetsov, but having a situation of like Zegers, Strom, McMichael, Dowd, unless they moved Dowd out, you know, someone else in that center spot on the fourth line, these are all younger got not down, but you know, McMichael's how old is McMichael? He's 23. He just turned 23 two days ago. Oh, happy belated birthday, Connor McMichael. Uh, he's he's 23. Strom is 26. He turned 27 in the beginning of March. You have Lapierre coming up. He's only 21. He's been playing a lot on the wing as well. And so, you know, bringing a guy like Zegers makes a lot of sense. I'd be concerned about the defensive, his lack of defensive play in Anaheim. Um, I'd also be concerned about what he would cost in terms of what they'd be looking for. Like, I'm not willing to give up Miroslavchenko or Lapierre for, for Zegers. And so, you know, we'll see. I we, we know they still want to acquire like a mid-20s winger. And I'm curious to see who that is and if that ever ends up being the case. We've heard rumors of different guys in the past. Nothing clearly has come from it because they haven't made a trade. I think part of that might've been there. Want to see what they have in Pacioretty and who they can potentially move out. So we'll see, I, you know, maybe it happens before the deadline. Maybe it happens in the summer. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. Considering they've been talking about this for a while now, this rumor and it, not even a rumor. McCollins come out and said, we want to acquire a, a winger and uh, nothing's happened so far. They will do so tomorrow. Yeah, that's so true. Are you gonna, I'm going to get a text from you or you for me. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, except for except for Zegras potentially coming here. Anything else we should cover? 
I, that was me. I've heard nothing about that except for someone. I, I, I don't remember who it was on The Athletic was just like, potential landing spots for Trevor Zegers. And like the caps were like far. I don't know if it was alphabetized. Maybe that's why the caps were kind of near, near the bottom. But there were a number of other teams listed. So like, is that going to happen? I don't know. You know, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. All right, well, we'll see what happens, but until then, uh, let's uh, say let's go Caps, and then we're going to take a quick break right now with a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to go down on the farm. Here we go. We're going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? Well, let's start in Hershey where the Bears went 0-0-2. and two. Both losses being in the shootout. A bit rare for the Bears to have those losses in a row. But let's keep in mind they still got points given that they were in the shootout. Now, they're currently first in the Atlantic Division and the AHL with 60 points, 13 up on second place Providence in the division and 12 up on Cleveland for the league lead. They'll be back at it on Friday in Hartford before welcoming Wilkes-Barre Scranton to the Giants Center on Saturday. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 1-2 with a win over Orlando. They're currently fourth in the South Division with 40 points, four off second place Orlando, and 13 off first place Greenville. They'll be back at it on Friday when they host Greenville at the North Charleston Coliseum before heading to Atlanta on Saturday. Then they head back home on Sunday to take on Orlando. That's what's going on down on the farm. Go Bears. Go Stingrays. Hey, Bears, how about we get some wins here, guys? Come on. You guys are so good. Got to get some wins. Uh, but Come on, go you Bears. have one in a week. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah, come on. There goes the season. Talk about high expectations. <laughs> go Bears. Go Stingrays. We're going to take another break, and then we'll be back with Around the NHL and Beyond. Here we go. We're going around the NHL and beyond. Plenty to talk about. Coach Dan, tell us what's going on around the NHL and beyond. Let's start in Chicago, where the Blackhawks announced two signings since we last chatted. First signing winger Nick Felino to a two-year $9 million extension. Cap it comes to $4.5 million. They then signed center Jason Dickinson to a two-year $8.5 million extension. Cap hit comes to $4.25 million. Some interesting things coming out of Columbus as goalie Elvis Merz-Lincolns has come out and admitted he's asked for a trade from the Blue Jackets. This is the guy who accused Tom Wilson of trying to kill him during a game a few weeks back. So he's there's clearly something going on there with Merce Lickens in Columbus, but it sounds like he might be on his way out this season. I think the Capitals inter- should call and just be like, "Hey, uh-uh. we heard Elvis might want to might want to join another team," and then have Tom Wilson get the call, just transfer it to him. 
Exactly. So here's the thing. Like, the dude has some potential or had some potential. I'm concerned about his – if they were going to make a trade like that. Like, let's say they're well, – he's also a bit older. But, like, because he's he'll turn 30 in April. But at 5.4 million, he'd be even more expensive than Kemper. But, like, if they're like, hey, we'll trade you Kemper as an example for Merzlikens. Merzlikens? I think I'm saying that right. You know, I, I'm concerned about his – Ability to handle the pressure given, yeah, you got mad at Tom Wilson because he was in your net. Keep in mind, your own teammate knocked him in there. But then you're going to freak out and go after him and cost yourself to get your team the game? Just come out and be like, yeah, I messed up. But Wilson's not aiming for your knee, especially when he's not the one that's being shoved into you. No, he's the one that's got shoved into you. I got that wrong. When he's the he's not causing you or himself to get knocked into you. So, like, settle down. I, I don't like the lack of sort of a... Um, I don't know. I can't think of the word. Ability to rise above it. So, anyways, it looks like he could be on his way out of Columbus this season. In international news, and what seems like a trend, congratulations are in order to the USA women's national team for their gold medal win at the 2024 IIHF Under-18 Women's World Championship. Team USA beat the Czech Republic 5-1 to in the gold medal game and finished the tournament with a 6-0 record very impressive congratulations and finally the iihf's historical committee has nominated its newest members to the iihf hall of fame among those nominated is somehow still playing hockey professionally former capital yarmir yager former capital penguin dallas star ranger where else did he play was he in calgary, calgary? at one point yeah M- minnesota maybe <laughs> hershey um, Saskatoon. Like, I don't know where else this dude is played. Anyways, the eight new inductees will be honored during the 2024 Men's World Championship in May. That's the news from the past week in the NHL and beyond. Have you noticed how much the IIHF, which during the World Juniors, they called it the double IHF to save time? Uh, have you noticed how much they enjoyed like naming I. things? Yeah. Have you noticed how much they enjoy putting their the 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 their name in the title of whatever is happening? Have you ever noticed that it's like the IIHF Under 18 Women's World Championship? The IIHF Historical Committee has members of the IIHF Hall of Fame. Like they are just Man, it's about branding. They are all about that branding. The double IHF. It's kind of crazy. But I I'm like, man, I'm like, just shorten it. Just just IIH, just call it the II Hall of Fame. Like I don't know. It's, it's just. Well, Coach Dan, is that the show for this week? I think that's it, buddy. All right. Well, if you guys would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. You can check us out both on X. You can follow me at Brando Cash Coach Dan. Where can people follow you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan talking all kinds of Capitals related stuff, how they're doing or not doing throughout the season. You can find me on there talking about Arsenal Football Club and how uh, they haven't played in a while, so they have not been able to uh, turn their season around. On there talking about the Bills, big win over the Steelers this past weekend. And going into a big game, this time in Buffalo, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, the Commanders seem like they're on the right track for the first time in, I don't know, a couple decades. 
hiring the my understanding based on what i have seen on the twitter one of the highest rated assistant general managers in the nfl adam peters apparently last season there was like a couple of teams want to talk to him he's out in san francisco he said no and then now he's like you know this sounds like a cool thing to go check out so we didn't steal that dude from baltimore thank god uh and then hopefully in the next week or two they'll have an announcement in terms of who the next coach is and see what happens there in dc maybe even a new name there's no rumors that'll happen, but please, for the love of God, because Commanders is dumb. <laughs> Although the circular logo is still pretty dope. I do like that thing. That's finding me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan. But hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WhatThePuckPod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of other things related to the Washington Capitals, the Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the, who else? Hershey Cubs. And I still want that sweatshirt that I saw. And other things related to the National Hockey League. That's Facebook.com slash what the puck pot. But Brandon, I was talking about the playoffs, the NFL playoffs, that is, and the Bills. Someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple clad team based out of Baltimore that'll be welcoming the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud this weekend. Is there a podcast they should listen to? That's right. You can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. We post uh, two shows a week. You can listen to it wherever you listen to this podcast. And we will be doing shows through the Super Bowl because we're going to be covering every single Ravens game. See what I did there? Yeah, you did. Uh huh. So you guys have one more show left? Ha <laughs> <laughs> Wrongo. Should have pointed that way. Yes. Yeah, that yeah you botched that bit. I but did. it's an audio medium, so it's okay. <laughs> Uh, make sure you write, write us an Apple podcast review, rate us over on Spotify, be social with the show, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Brando cash pods is where you can find us over there. You can find reels and shorts of this show, as well as the call over on YouTube. We are also on the gram. Check us out on Instagram, Brando cash pods, underscore reels. You can check out some, some audio and video, uh, clips from the show. So let's go over the games until we talk again. Uh, the Caps have four games until we talk again. One is at home, and that's it. Then they hit a road trip to Central America, I guess. What? Mid Mid America, like Central North America? You mean? <laughs> They're not going to Honduras or Costa Rica. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Angel's uh. really branching out. <laughs> that the international. I know it's colder right here, happening. but it's a little ridiculous. True. Is it colder uh, here than it is in Winnipeg right now? That's what I want to know. Winnipeg's usually pretty cold. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you can check it out. I'm pretty sure this Winnipeg is still colder, but we'll see. Uh so the caps are up against the St. Louis Blues in DC on uh Thursday the 18th. That game's at seven o'clock. You can watch that one on Monumental Sports Network. And then on Saturday at eight o'clock after the Ravens beat Houston, you can watch the Caps take on the uh St. Louis She's Blues so again in St. Louis at eight o'clock, and that one's on Monumental Sports Network two. And then on Tuesday, the Capitals are up against the Minnesota Wild. Don't you know? That game's at 8 o'clock. You can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. Then they have back-to-backs on Wednesday the 24th. The Capitals go to Colorado up against the Avalanche. That is a 9.30 start. You know Coach Dan's staying up for that one. And you can watch that one oh. on the Monumental Sports Network 2. I'm up at like 6. That's not happening. No. <laughs> I'll right, watch, so watch first period. Okay, real quick, sidebar. Yeah. Currently, where I'm at here in Montgomery County, it is 23 degrees. 
In Anchorage, Alaska, it's 19 degrees. Now, to be fair, it's also 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so the sun... No, in Anchorage, they saw you saw the sunlight. Uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, it's negative one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot colder there, guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Coach Stan, next week coming up, you technically, I don't know if this would be considered a home and home because there's one day of travel in there. Are you playing uh, back-to-back goaltenders for that St. Louis Blues series? And what are you doing on the 23rd and 24th against the Wild and the Avalanche? I feel like you could split everybody up for all of these, but uh, we saw last weekend they didn't do that with back-to-back games. So what are your thoughts? See, I'm going Lindgren at home, Kemper on the road with St. Louis, and then probably some of this depends on how they play, but in my mind, I would go – Kemper against Minnesota and Lindgren against or in Colorado is what I would do. You're not going to put Kemper against his old team? Oh, I didn't even think of that. No, it's been long enough. Like if it was like if he was with them last year, maybe, but nah, nah, nah. Has been two years, hasn't it? Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, like a year and a half, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, cats. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.